Section 14 of the Crusades by George William Cox. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 7. The Third Crusade. Part 2. But while the sovereigns of the West were thus preparing for another great effort on their behalf, the Latins of Palestine were struggling hard to win back their lost supremacy and were aided by crowds of armed pilgrims whose immense numbers have to be taken into account if we wish to realize the extent of the drain to which the population of europe was thus subjected too impatient to wait these wanderers hurried with whatever motives to the scenes where they supposed honor could not fail to be won even if wealth and happiness should not be their portion the conflict now turned on the possession of acre the key of the whole region lying to the west of the jordan it had opened its gates to saladin soon after the battle of tiberius and before richard of england and philip augustus set foot on the holy land in eleven eighty nine it had been besieged for nearly two years by guy of lusignan titular king of jerusalem with an army which the influx of pilgrims of europe had raised it is said to one hundred thousand men but the besiegers had little generalship and the mischief done to their effectiveness by vice and debauchery was completed by a fearful pestilence which swept them away by thousands in the midst of this misery a few german merchants from the coast of the baltic sought to mitigate suffering by running up the sails of their ships as tents for the sick and dying the happy results which followed their work led to an organization similar to that of the orders of the temple and the hospital like these orders the teutonic knights rose to power and distinction and in the history of the crusade of frederick the second we shall find their grand master hermann of salza in high favor both with the emperor and with the pope his implacable antagonist with the failure of the crusades in the east the order was transferred to the more forbidding regions which had sent forth its founders and their crusade was turned against the heathen of the lithuanian prussian estonian and other tribes they preached the gospel with the sword and their efforts were followed at least by military success their grasp on the lands which they overran was never relaxed and the last grand master became the sovereign of a state which has grown into the modern kingdom of prussia the sickness and vice which wasted the forces of the crusaders before acre was powerfully aided by feuds among the chiefs sibella the sister of baldwin the fourth and wife of guy of lusignan was carried off by the plague in eleven ninety her two children died with her and her husband found himself stripped of the privilege which had made him at least the shadow of a king isabel the sister of his wife still lived and having got rid of her first husband humphrey lord of Torrent, was now married to conrad marquis of tyre as thus wedded to the heiress of almeric conrad claimed the sovereignty of jerusalem and the decision of the point was reserved for the kings of england and france these kings were now on their way to the east richard had journeyed by land to genoa while his fleet having crossed the bay of biscay anchored at lisbon where his forces found a crusade ready to their hands 
the town of santarim forty miles above lisbon was blockaded by the saracen emir with the aid of the english the portuguese raised the siege and then found themselves compelled to fight with their deliverers in the streets of lisbon the crusaders thought that they carried with them a license for universal plunder and insult and it was not without difficulty and much bloodshed that they were persuaded by their leaders to reserve the application of their theory for more distant lands the summer was coming to an end when richard having joined his fleet on the italian coast entered messina in september eleven ninety almost in the guise of a conqueror to the terror of the sicilians and the disgust of the french king philip then as through most of the whole of its chequered history sicily was a prize for which contending kings and adventurers intrigued or fought it was now held by tancred an illegitimate son of the apulian duke roger his sister constantia the legitimate daughter of roger was the wife of henry son of frederick barbarossa who wished to make the island a portion of his own imperial realm he was foiled by tancred who took the further precaution of imprisoning joanna the widow of his predecessor william called the good joanna was the sister of the english richard who was not slow in demanding her freedom her dower and the legacies which william the good had left to his father henry the second his demands were accompanied by robbery and violence and his followers hastened to imitate his example they came to open strife with the people in the streets of messina and the battle was followed by the plundering of the town but the raising of the english standard on the walls was interpreted as an insult by philip augustus and richard was constrained to appease his wrath by placing the city in the charge of the knights templar and hospitallers the dispute with tancred was made up by the betrothal of his infant daughter to arthur duke of brittany that luckless victim of the cruelty of john whom shakespeare has made famous but the quarrels of these champions of the cross are tangled like links in a twisted chain by way of showing his friendly feeling tancred placed in richard's hand a letter bearing the signature of the french king and inviting tancred to a private alliance against richard the latter charged philip augustus with the treachery and was charged in turn with producing forged letters by way of devising an escape from his engagement with his sister adelais richard had offered to marry berengaria daughter of sancho king of navarre and with studied coarseness he told philip that he could have nothing to do with the mother of his father's child so was changed into mortal hatred that alliance which in its early days had led them to eat at the same table and rest in the same bed thus passed away the winter in disgraceful quarrels and in lavish outlays of money scarcely less disgraceful in the spring the french king sailed for acre richard went to rhodes and while he remained there sick he heard that some of his people had been wrecked on the coast of cyprus robbed of their goods and imprisoned by isaac the comnenian prince who called himself emperor of the island his demand for compensation was unheeded the english fleet appeared before limassol the southernmost town of the island 
and the English troops were soon masters of the city. Isaac entered into a treaty which bound him to serve with five hundred knights in the crusade, and in the event of good behavior, Richard promised him the restoration of his kingdom. But fear got the better of his prudence. He made his escape, and again met the English king in battle. The fight was followed by his surrender, and Richard ordered him to be kept in a castle on the coast of Palestine. Here in the town which under the name of Paphos had won for itself a preeminence in vice and folly, Richard was married to Berengaria of Navarre. Here also he received and promised to take up the cause of Guy of Lusignan, the weightiest argument for so doing, being found in the fact that Philip Augustus had taken up that of Conrad. Thus the two kings reached Acre only to complicate old feuds with new strifes. The siege had lasted nearly two years. In the plain was gathered the crusading host, still magnificent in its appointments. On the heights were assembled the Turkish armies under the black banner of Saladin. Richard had loitered on the road as long as it suited his fancy or his ambition to do so, and he had overwhelmed with a torrent of reproach and abuse the envoys from the chiefs before Acre, who dared to confront him at the Cyprian Famagosta with the reproach that his business was not to dethrone Comnenian princes and take their kingdoms, but to do battle with the Turk for the sacred heritage of Christendom. He reached Acre prostrated with intermittent fever, but indifference to the enterprise had given way to a fiery zeal. He had himself carried out on a mattress to point the ballistae which, by discharging stones, served in some measures the purposes of modern artillery. But at first the two kings would not act together, and this division of forces enabled the besieged to stand out. Their reconciliation, whether real or seeming, led to a combined action which was soon rewarded by the offer of surrender. The terms now proposed were rejected, and Saladin cheered the besieged with the hope of succors to be received from Egypt. The help came not, and Saladin was compelled to assent to a harder compact. The peace of the true cross was to be given up, the Christian prisoners set free, and some thousands of hostages were to be detained for the payment within forty days of two hundred thousand pieces of gold. The surrender was made on July twelfth, eleven ninety one. Richard took up his abode in the palace. Philip went to the house of the Templars, and the flags of the two kings floated from the ramparts. Philip now regarded himself as absolved from his vow, and he announced his determination to return to France. Richard parted from his ally with undissembled anger and contempt, and Philip, sailing to Tyre, gave to Conrad that half of the city of Acre which had been reserved for himself. The forty days wore on. Saladin would not or could not restore the relics of the true cross or make up the two hundred thousand pieces. Richard warned him what the consequences of neglect would be, and he kept his word. On the fortieth day, Two thousand seven hundred hostages were led to the top of a hill from which all that passed might be seen in the camp of Saladin, and at a signal from the king, these two thousand seven hundred infidels were all cut down. The soldiers hacked open their bodies to search for the jewels and gold 
which they were supposed to have swallowed and to obtain the gall which they kept as medicine in such praiseworthy deeds as these the christians could act with admirable concert at the same hour hostages almost equalling in number the victims of richard were slaughtered on the walls of the city by the duke of burgundy the representative of philip augustus the recovery of acre was for these merciful and devout champions of the cross a sufficient reason for plunging into beastly debauchery and excess from which it was no easy task to tear them away at length the army of richard moved southwards marching in compact array along the coast while the fleet generally in sight advanced along the shore on their left hung the hosts of saladin whose policy it was to wear out his enemy in a country the fortresses of which he had dismantled without fighting any pitched battles in this way the crusaders and their enemies had reached the neighbourhood of azotus ashdod when richard resolved to face his adversary the right wing was under jacob of avenne the left was held by the duke of burgundy the english king was in the centre the disposition of the battle showed some approach to generalship on his part and his coolness was seen in the steadiness with which he reserved for the decisive moment the charge of his horsemen their tremendous onset broke the turkish ranks the victory was decisive but it was purchased with the death of jacob of avenne which richard mourned as a costly sacrifice his next move was to jaffa although he had wished to go on to ascalon the french barons insisted on the necessity of rebuilding the walls of jaffa and in spite of the sluggishness which with the crusaders almost always followed strenuous exertion the task was at length completed richard resolved to renew the war with vigour and announced to saladin that nothing less would content him than the surrender of all the territory which had been included in the kingdom of jerusalem under baldwin the leper saladin replied by an offer to yield up all lands lying between the jordan and the sea but it soon became clear that the negotiations were a mere pretext for gaining time and richard determined to advance upon jerusalem the army reached ramla in november eleven ninety one encountering some hardships from rain and tempests still it seemed that they might soon win the prize to which they had looked forward as the adequate recompense of all human toil it was not to be so and the hindrance came from the military orders and from the men of pisa these asserted that the reconquest of jerusalem would be the dissolution of the enterprise the army would never be kept together as soon as they had once paid their vows before the tomb of the redeemer the crusaders fell back to ascalon and there the winter was spent partly in restoring the fortifications but for the most part in incessant feuds the duke of austria had learnt during the siege of acre to look on richard as an enemy the cause it was said was an insult done to the austrian banner which richard on seeing it raised upon the ramparts seized and flung into the ditch the hatred thus excited was embittered we are told by the injunction or desire for the personal help of all in the camp for the rebuilding of the walls of ascalon the duke replied that he was neither a mason nor a carpenter and the lion-hearted king retorted by a kick which threw him down this may be romance or fiction 
but the disorganization of the force is sufficiently shown by the fact that the claim of conrad to the throne of jerusalem was urged by the genoese and that of guy by the men of pisa that the french abandoned the camp because richard was no longer able to pay them and that the jealousy of conrad could be satisfied with nothing less than an alliance with saladin the end had almost come richard knew that his presence in england was a matter of life and death and he now in his offers to the turkish sultan abated his claim to the mere possession of the holy city and the restoration of the true cross to this last surrender saladin had in the previous negotiations made no objection he had now become more orthodox or more scrupulous and he could not give even indirect encouragement to the idolatry which would worship a piece of wood nor was a treaty set on foot for the marriage of richard's sister joanna to safadin the sultan's brother more successful the english king even consented to give up the cause of guy and sanction the choice of conrad of tyre for the latin crown the murder of conrad on april twenty seventh eleven ninety two by two of the fraternity known as the assassins drew on richard a storm of indignation but evidence for the crime there was none a more popular claimant appeared in henry count of champagne whose election to the throne of godfrey was followed by his marriage to the widow of conrad the grief of guy was consoled by the sovereignty of cyprus which was still in the hands of his descendants when the crescent in fourteen fifty three displaced the cross on justinian's church in constantinople disunion and bad generalship had practically sealed the doom of the crusade but for richard the capture of jerusalem still had greater charms than the punishment of his brother john in june accordingly the army once more began its march to the holy city the tidings of his approach caused almost panic terror among the turks but when they reached bethlehem the crusaders discovered that their forces were insufficient for the investment of the city that to a commissariat they could scarcely make a pretense that they ran an imminent risk of being cut off from their base of supplies and lastly that the turks had destroyed the wells and cisterns for miles around it was impossible to resist the logic of these facts and richard made a last desperate effort to divert their joint forces to an invasion of egypt and the attack of cairo he was led up a hill from which he was told that he might see jerusalem he held up his shield before his face as being unworthy to behold the city which he had failed to wrest from the power of the infidel the army was broken up some went to jaffa more to acre and saladin advancing with rapid marches to the former city so pressed it that the besieged pledged themselves to surrender if within twenty-four hours they should not be effectually succoured within that time richard appeared upon the scene his onset was more fierce his valour and exploits more astonishing than ever the besiegers retreated in confusion to learn presently with greater shame that they had been scared by a mere handful of christian horsemen but if the splendid bravery of the english king struck terror into the multitude there were not lacking some it is said in which it excited a chivalrous admiration richard was dismounted we are told in the thick of the fight and saladin's brother Safadin, whose son richard had at his request knighted 
sent him two horses to enable him to renew the struggle the crusaders were victorious but richard had no wish to use the advantage thus gained except for the purpose of gaining the best terms from the enemy the compact ultimately made pledged them to a truce of three years and eight months ascalon was to be dismantled but the christians were to remain in possession of jaffa and tyre with the country between them and all pilgrims were to have the right of entering jerusalem untaxed of this privilege the french at acre desired to avail themselves richard indignantly refused their request they had done nothing to secure the peace or to deserve it and their allies only should be suffered to enter the sacred city among these pilgrims was the bishop of salisbury who became the guest of saladin and heard from his lips praises of the valour of richard which were not extended to his generalship the thrust was rather evaded than parried by the reply that the earth could not produce two warriors who could be put into comparison with the syrian sultan and the english king so ended the third crusade with its work barely more than begun or rather marred by the infatuated waste of splendid opportunities yet not with an extremity of humiliation which would convince even devotees of the absurdity of further efforts a large strip of coast bounded by two important cities still remained as a base of operations in any renewed contest and much had been done to neutralize the effects which without doubt saladin had anticipated from his victory at tiberius and his conquest of jerusalem on the morning after his embarkation at acre richard turned to take a last long look on the fading shores of palestine most holy land he exclaimed with outstretched arms i commend thee to the care of the almighty may he grant me life to return and deliver thee from the yoke of the infidels his fleet carrying his wife and sister had preceded him and reached sicily in safety he himself followed in a single ship and at the end of a month of baffling winds found himself at corfu where he hired some trading vessels to take him to ragusa and zara sailing on he was thrown by a storm on the istrian coast between aquileia and venice when the perils of his situation must have begun to force themselves upon him the kinsfolk of conrad of tyre bore no love for his supposed murderer the french king was in treaty with his brother john and henry the sixth the emperor of germany and the son of barbarossa owed him a grudge for his alliance with tancred of sicily still richard thought it seems that a pilgrim's disguise and an unshorn beard would carry him through all dangers having reached the fortress of goritz which was held by maynard a nephew of conrad he sent his companion baldwin of bethune with the gift of a ruby ring to ask a passport for himself and hugh the merchant pilgrims going home from jerusalem maynard looked long at the ruby and at length said this jewel can come only from a king that king must be richard of england tell him he may come to me in peace not trusting his promise richard fled during the night baldwin and seven others who remained with him were seized and kept as hostages at frisach six more of his companions were taken although richard himself escaped with one knight and a boy who knew the language of the country this boy sent to the market at erperg near vienna showed his money too freely 
was caught put to the torture and revealed the name of his master surrounded in his house by troops of armed men richard refused to yield except to their chief and that chief hastened to take charge of him on december twenty first eleven ninety two it was leopold who may have felt that he could now taste the sweets of revenge for the insults whatever these may have been which richard had put upon him in palestine but leopold was induced to compound with his feelings by a bribe of sixty thousand pounds and richard as the prisoner of henry the sixth was closely guarded in a tyrolese castle the tidings of his captivity were received with sorrow by his subjects generally with undissembled joy by his brother john and philip augustus of france of these two princes the former prepared to fight for the crown and after the first reverse accepted an armistice in eleven ninety three the latter having sent to richard to renounce his allegiance invaded normandy and met with a complete repulse at rouen at length the place of richard's imprisonment was discovered by william longchamp bishop of ely the english chancellor or as the romance would have it by his faithful minstrel blondel the pope was at once assailed with entreaties to come forward for his rescue peter of blois archdeacon of bath reminded celestine the of his debt of gratitude to so faithful a son of the church his mother eleanor wrote to him in less measured terms where she asked was the zeal of elijah against ahab of john the baptist against herod of alexander the third against the father of the emperor who had wrought this iniquity to christendom for trifling reasons your cardinals are sent in all their power to the most savage lands in this great cause you have appointed not even a subdeacon or an acolyte you would not have much debased the dignity of the holy see had you set out in person to rescue him restore to me my son o man of god if thou art indeed a man of god and not a man of blood if you remain lukewarm the most high may require his blood at your hands in later letters she asks him if he thinks that his soul can be safe while he is thus slack in rescuing the sheep of his fold and tells him that he ought to be willing to lay down his life for one in whose behalf he was unwilling to speak or write a single word the truth is that celestine was full of zeal for richard's cause he was only waiting with true papal caution for richard's deliverance to express his zeal emphatically at length after nearly four months richard was brought before the diet at hagenau the captive might have pleaded the incompetence of the tribunal he chose to answer the charges brought against him with arguments which convinced his judges of his innocence and made the emperor willing to treat about his ransom this ransom was raised by new taxes laid on his subjects whose resources even when taxed to the uttermost seemed unlikely to satisfy imperial avarice and there was the further danger that whatever might be the sum raised john might outbid them this upright and honourable prince had offered to pay to henry the sixth the sum of twenty thousand pounds for every month during which the imprisonment of richard might be prolonged but there was a limit to the patience of the german barons and their words convinced henry that this limit had been reached richard was released on february fourth eleven ninety four hostages being given for that portion of his ransom which was not paid on the spot 
his deliverance set free the tongue of pope celestine who now wrote to the austrian duke as well as to the emperor insisting that the ransom should be given back and the hostages restored the emperor paid no heed to the command but leopold was brought to obedience by the discipline of excommunication and sickness and richard after four years absence landed in his own kingdom to impoverish his people by fresh exactions for quarrels as useless as the enterprise which had taken him across the seas. End of section 14